In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is considered first Sunday of the Coptic month, Tut, and Tut is the first month in the Coptic year. And I want just to give you a map for the readings on Sundays in the Coptic year. The first three months of the Coptic year, Tut Baba Hatur, the Church speaks to us about love of God the Father. Then, the second three months, starting with Kiak, and Kiak, we are fasting the fast of nativity, and we are preparing for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Kiak Tuba Amshir the church speaks about the grace of his only begotten son jesus christ our lord after this baramhat and baramuda and these three months usually come during the holy great fast and the 50 days so the Holy Great Fast and 50 days of resurrection have certain readings to serve the purpose of the Great Fast and the resurrection of Christ. And the 50 days end by the feast of the Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit. So the last three months of the Coptic year, Ba'una, Abib, and Misra, the Church speaks to us about the communion of the Holy Spirit. So first three months, love of God the Father, then the second three months about the grace of His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, then the third three months are about the great fast and the holy resurrection and the 50 days of resurrection, and the last three months of the year about the communion of the Holy Spirit. Also, we celebrate the feast of St. John the Baptist on the 2nd of Tut. It was last Monday. So the Church actually today want to target two goals. To speak about John the Baptist, the greatest among those born from women, and also about the love of God the Father. Especially the name of John was given to him by an angel. And John means God is compassionate, God is loving, God is kind. Because the birth of John is a beginning of a new era. John came to prepare the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, although the Church doesn't celebrate the birth of any saint, but the Church celebrates the birthday of John the Baptist. Because his birth actually was a beginning of new era in which the love of God, the compassion of God, the kindness of God is revealed to the whole world. And also we celebrate the birthday of St. Mary for the same reason. 
And if you paid attention also to the Synaxerium today, we celebrated Zachariah, the priest, the father of John the Baptist. So the church chose this chapter from Luke chapter 7, in which the Lord spoke about John the Baptist, and he said, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. And he spoke about the ministry of John the Baptist when he said the tax collectors and all the people when they heard him, when they heard John the Baptist, justified God having been baptized with the baptism of John. So they accepted to repent because baptism of John is the baptism of repentance. But only one group rejected John the Baptist and rejected his ministry. These are the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God for themselves. Then the Lord diagnosed illness in that generation spiritual illness, which also is a spiritual illness in our time too. When he said, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourn it to you, and you did not weep. And then he explained, John the Baptist came, fasting, neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said he has a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine bib, a friend of tax collector and sinner. This spiritual illness what we call it actually negative interpretation. You interpret everything around you negatively. When they saw John the Baptist fasting and living ascetic life, instead of praising him for his asceticism, for his fasting, how he disciplined his body, they said he has a demon. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came and befriended the sinners, as he said, I did not come to call righteous to repentance, but to call sinners. The whole do not need a physician, but the sick. They said about the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came and befriended the tax collector and the sinners to lead them to repentance, they said about him, look, a glutton and wine paper, a friend of tax collector and sinners. And we see several times people always, always find something negative. If you do it this way, they will criticize it. If you do it other way, they will criticize it. Usually, they are negative. And when we find this in relationship, like between spouses or parents and children, actually 
you put the other person in no one situation because regardless what he does you will find something negative if he smiled at you then he needed something from you if he frowns at you then he's angry and mad at you so all the time you will find something negative that's what we call negative interpretation these people are difficult to please and they make the atmosphere around them not happy not comfortable as if you are walking on eggshell around them and if you try to please them you always always fail because they will criticize you negatively no matter what so how to deal with these people how to be able to deal with these people actually when you hear a criticism think about it what kind of criticism it is is it a relative criticism has nothing to do with the real situation for example when they said about John the Baptist he has a demon this was not true at all John the Baptist was as the Lord said the greatest among those born of women so they just accuse him falsely that he has a demon this is what we call irrelevant criticism another type of criticism we call it destructive criticism which puts people down all the time there is no encouragement very very critical about others and always sending a negative message parents sometimes they, they believe if they negatively criticize their children they motivate them for example to study harder to do better but this doesn't work usually encouragement encouragement and mentioning what's positive this would work like how the Lord Jesus Christ encouraged the Samaritan woman and he told her you answer truly twice he told her this statement you said this this in truth one time they criticized the Lord Jesus Christ negatively destructively they said about him he's casting demon by Baal Zabub the head of the demons can you imagine when the multitude hear the priests saying about Jesus Christ he has Baal Zabub the head of the demons their intention is to cast a doubt on his ministry so the people will leave him the people will stay away from him this is destructive criticism and the third type of criticism what we call it constructive criticism it is actually pointing out what is wrong 
but with words of encouragement and also with offering solution or offering help to the people. It's not just mentioning what is negative. So, how to deal with people who criticize you, especially those who are very difficult to please? If I'm dealing with a spouse or a parent or a boss who is difficult to please and usually, usually criticize me in a negative way, either irrelevant criticism or destructive criticism. You need to be ready for criticism. You need to recall one of the situation that this person criticized you and get connected with your feeling. Remember how you felt when you heard this criticism. And then imagine if you are able to go in the past, how to deal with this comment in objective way. And you need actually to think about different way to address this criticism. Let us learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. When they told him, you are casting out demons by Baal Zabub, the head of the demons. Number one, remember, he did not try to defend himself. Number two, he did not get emotional and did not react emotionally to this criticism. Number three, he did not take this criticism personal. He knows who he is. He is the Son of God. Actually, these three points are very important when somebody criticizes you. Don't take it personal. Don't let your emotions control you. And don't be defensive. Because once you become defensive or getting emotional or take it personal, things will escalate. But try actually to keep yourself calm and then answer in objective way. The Lord Jesus Christ, when they accused him that he has Baal Zabub, he answered in very objective way. He told them, okay, what is the goal of Baal Zabub, the head of the demons? To spread his kingdom or to destroy his kingdom? If a demon is casting out demon, how can he establish his kingdom? Satan wants actually to possess every single individual. So if Satan is casting out Satan, how his kingdom will be established. A kingdom divided against itself will be destroyed. So Satan awares that he cannot be divided against himself. Otherwise his kingdom will be destroyed and not established. 
And the second reason he gave them, he told them, also your children, like the 12 apostles or the 72 disciples, they are also casting out demons. If I have the head of the demons with me, how they are casting out demons? All these apostles. There is one head for the demons. And according to what you say, he is with me. How your children cast out demons. So, you can see here the Lord Jesus Christ, without losing the objectivity, he responded in a respectful way. He did not attack them. He did not curse them. But he kept the conversation actually in a very respectful and objective way. And in this way, actually, he made them stop because he persuaded them that this accusation is false. But if the Lord got emotional or took it personal or started to be defensive, actually, the conclusion would be different. Another time, they accused him or they actually making a trap for him when they asked him should we give taxes or should we pay taxes to Caesar or not instead of confronting them and telling them why you are making this trap for me he also used objectivity in answering them and he told them Show me a denarius. To whose this picture, to whose this image, they said to Caesar. So he told them, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. In dealing with negative criticism, we need to not to lose our objectivity, but to answer and to respect and to discuss with respect don't lose your respect to the other and don't get emotionally or take it personal or defensive also try to be not a difficult person hard to please so it's not only about how to deal with others but also it's about me how not to be a difficult person hard to please examine yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to examine you are you giving hard time to people around you to your spouse, to your children to people in work with you to people in church around you are you always always criticizing them are you always finding something negative and believe me if you want to find something negative you will find it because nobody is perfect except God we say in the second psalm in the 12th hour of the Agbeya 
if you mark iniquities, who can stand before you? God doesn't mark iniquities for us. Because if he, God actually holds us accountable for every negative things we do, who can stand? If God judged us according to justice only, who can stand? But he judges us, yes, rightly, but with mercy. David committed many sins in his life. But when actually God speaks about David, he says that David did not sin against me except in the matter of Uriah, this man whom he killed and committed adultery with his wife. So God actually almost forgot everything David did. He said he did not sin against me except in this one sin. Don't actually give hard time to people around you. Don't make them always, always guilty. Don't make them always feel they are bad, they are not good enough. This is a wrong feeling. You need to encourage the people. And you need to motivate them. But to send the message that your children, your spouse, always, always negative, they don't know what they are doing, what they are doing is wrong, compare them with others, belittling them, putting them down. The Lord said, to what shall I like in this generation and what they are like? They are very difficult to please. They criticize all the time. John the Baptist came not eating and drinking, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and wine bibber. And then the Lord concluded, by wisdom is justified by all her children. So, by doing this, we are not justifying God. By, by, when we are doing this, we are not actually declaring the justice and the wisdom of God. Because God told us and instructed us to be kind to one another, to love one another, to encourage one another. If we are doing the opposite, then we are not saying God is righteous and merciful and kind and compassionate. When we accept the counsel of God regarding ourselves, we prove that God is righteous. That's why he said the tax collector justified God having been baptized with the baptism of John. When they accepted the counsel of God toward themselves, they actually justified God. They claimed the righteousness of God. They witnessed to the whole world that God is righteous. In the same way, what is the counsel of God toward us? To love one another, to encourage one another, to support one another, to be kind to one another, to forgive one another. When we accept this counsel of God, 
toward ourselves and we do it in our life, then we declare that God is righteous. But when we are difficult with one another, difficult to be pleased, giving hard time to one another, criticizing, negatively interpreting each other as this generation, then we are not justifying God. We are not claiming the righteousness of God. Let's ask and pray to God to help us while we are reflecting on his love toward us, sending his son to save all of us. So let us in the same way love one another, encourage one another, support one another, motivate one another, be kind to one another. In this way, we justify God. We declare the righteousness of God to everyone. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.